Lisa, what are you rebelling against? What do you got? Welcome to the Star Wars Rebels Without a Cause podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Hallman. With me, as always, is the man who will never say that Grand Admiral Thrawn, Corrin Horn, and Murex Tarek, and all the others are legends, Nick Jew. And the uh, guy that doesn't know who any of those guys are, Dwight Snyder. All right, so... uh, we just watched the uh, what? What is this? The third episode, fourth episode? Rise of the Old Masters. It was called Rise of the Old Masters, the third regular season episode, because Sparker Rebellion doesn't count. Uh, rise of the Old Masters, in which uh, the Old Masters rise. So, uh, so uh, Dwight, first reactions. I mean, we get a little bit of the backstory about the Jedi's, how you know. They say one has been survived the whole massacre, and it's all a ruse. Okay. So it's just so it's not backstory at all. I guess it's no. backstory if you haven't. We get backstory if you haven't ever watched Star Wars before. Well, yeah, you. Uh, but you told me a lot of stuff that happened. Well, no, so. I, I just. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Anybody who's seen Episode Three knows that the Jedi were basically all killed off. Right. Okay. Um, so, but what is your, what's your, what's your first reaction other than, other than that? I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a comical rescue mission, rescue mission and they, how they pulled it off together, even though their camaraderie is a little off sometimes, they have a little tension between the group and it still works out though. Okay. Nick, what'd you think? I'm not sure. I think this has been my least favorite episode that we've seen so far. I just felt like the the overall story was just sort of going through the motions. We all kind of knew how it had to end. And I don't know. I just we didn't see anything spectacular or groundbreaking other than just well, they went to this place, they failed, the inquisitor chased them off. Yeah. That was basically I mean, I think, it. I think if the key scene I think it would be it would have been different if the key scene of the duel with the inquisitor had we hadn't already literally seen right i think it was a sweet scene i'd just seen it already yeah yeah um i mean it was i thought it was still a, it was moving the plot along um i liked the uh, i liked the reference to the fight or flight uh episode where they're like oh look you guys made the news you know and uh and just the little touch where you know the the, the propag- imperial propaganda is turning it off and um yeah it's nice to see that other characters in the world are actually doing things that- yeah it, it it felt very. I felt like the episode felt very um, in the Star Wars universe. But I, 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 I mean, weakest episode. I don't. Know. I liked. I've liked them all. But uh, um, I would say. I would say this is definitely a sort of middle of the road episode. And also, I think that this episode was hurt by the fact that it, we've just been sort of pounded over the head that the Inquisitor is the super important character. The Inquisitor is the super important character, and we didn't really learn anything that we didn't already know about the Inquisitor. Right. Um, I will say I was I was excited uh, that they brought that they mentioned Luminara. What's her last name? Luminara Unduli. Unduli, uh, and it immediately went to Wikipedia, and probably didn't pay as much attention to the episode as I should have. 
<laughs> no, you did not. But uh, well, I, I still, I still paid it. I watched it as much as I would watch any show. Uh, maybe not. I mean, we don't have to like hyper analyze every second of the show. It, we're just, you know, I, I suppose. About it. But you did miss the key plot point about the mating signal. No, I mean, I mean, I saw, I saw most of that scene. I just didn't care. I was more interested in this in this Jedi in this Jedi Master and seeing how much like cuz cuz it would be kind of a big deal if this Jedi Master who um at least in the expanded universe was accepted as dead was actually alive like that's a that's a big deal change um and and especially this is she's actually really she's actually shown up in a lot of other media um, so to, to, she was in, she was in both, uh, both versions of the Clone Wars. She was in, um, in episode two and, and I believe in, in a shot in episode three. Yes. I mean, it would be, it'd be kind of a big deal if, uh, if she was still alive, if she yeah. was still alive. And we could add a second Jedi to the team, even for an episode before she got taken away. Yeah. It would have plus, been a big deal. Plus, um, plus I was, I sort of was expecting to get about a paragraph about this character cause I wasn't, I didn't really know, like, most of the, you know, if if it had been Kiati Mundi, then I would have I would have expected pages and pages and pages. This this she had like I kept scrolling down. I was literally I was trying to scroll down first. I was trying to scroll down because I thought I recognized her from the Gendi Clone War series, uh, where she had uh, been. Her and her Padawan were on Ilum, and uh, and like holding the everything together. Like there was like an avalanche or something, and they were holding them up together. It's one of my favorite. Of the of the of the Gendi, for those for Dwight, do you know what the Gendi series is? I take it it's a book. No, it's the uh, <laughs> it's the Clone Wars cartoons that they aired actually that actually aired before Star Wars Episode Three. That the guy that did Dexter's Laboratory and Samurai Jack uh, was involved was heavily involved with. Um, they're like they're another thing that's like. Probably not literally canonical, but they're really, really good. I have to mention, just because we're talking about this, speeder bike jousting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speeder there's, bike there's jousting speeder bike made jousting. that that whole series completely worthwhile to me. Just that one episode. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the look I'll, of that. I'll episode. take it. And that was in that was in the first season, which I think was was actually be- they did two seasons of it. The first season was very. Was very like stylistic and looked really good, but didn't have as much uh, plot. Aside from, I think that they introduced Asajj Ventress. Right. Most of it was just Jedi kicking a whole lot of ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you had you had Mace Windu like fighting on a, some desert planet and just like taking out an entire army yeah, by himself. T- yeah, just taking out entire armies by himself and an entire and like these like arbitrary super weapons uh, that were like smashing things and. It was just—it was a really cool. Uh, go watch it if you haven't. Everybody, the first—I think the—you could probably watch both seasons in like an hour. Right. I seen you remember the, the episodes yeah. are only like three to five minutes long. Yeah. The first—it was the first season had more episodes, but they were really, really short. And then the second season, uh, they were—they uh, were a little bit longer, and they had a—they got a little bit. There was a little too much plot, but it was still an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting take on some characters and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I was scrolling through. I was trying to find if that was who that was, and it was her. And then, um, and I also want, I also wanted to know like who her who her master was, who her apprentice was. It didn't say who her master was, and I don't know that it named her apprentice. It just said that they were of the same race, 
said that her master was a what, – what's her race? Uh, Mary Allen. Her master was a, was a Barry Allen. <laughs> that was a joke. Close enough. Her master was a, was a Mary Allen and, and her apprentice was a Mary Allen and there was some sort of like tradition that Mary Allens trained Mary Allens. There's <coughs> Offie. I, I seem to remember she was – she knew Obi-Wan – yeah, she. I mean, she ran into Obi Wan and Anakin. I mean, in ver- she was in lo- like she was. In, I think it said she was in Med Star. She, uh, which is that's that's two books. Uh, she was in the Med Star duology. She was in, I think, a lot of the comics and so a handful of episodes of of the Clone Wars TV series. And she's in lots of stuff. So she knew, and also she was on the Council. So she would know Obi Wan from the Council. Okay, I was thinking a little <laughs> deeper than that, but sure. Oh, oh okay, you were I, thinking. I, yeah. Anyway, don't have time to troll yeah. Wikipedia during the podcast, so I, I'll look it up later. I don't know about that. Well, we, we have time for everything on this podcast, uh, but I, it was it was a really and of course uh, spoilers. Yeah, she she actually was dead. Um, and that was a kind of a weird scene because it was like there was a hologram of her, and it's like, is it really her? And he's like. <laughs> Yeah, I sense her, but it's like he sensed her dead body or something. Right, it's like, well, Kanan, you really kind of dropped the ball on this one. We had yeah. a chance where we could have backed out, but you thought it was really her. Because mm. on yeah. a personal level, he really wanted to be her because he wanted help and guidance in training Ezra. And also he wanted to find out, he wanted to you know, reestablish some past connections in his life. Mm-hmm. Right, perhaps his uh, his hopes, I guess, got in the way of his force sensitivity. Yeah, 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 he, he just wanted to be convinced so bad. But yeah, I don't. I wasn't sure if that was a hologram that the Inquisitor planted, or if that was actual force ghost I memory. Think, I think it was a. I think it must have been a hologram. Right, um, but then why would he have it like sink into the the container? Just to mess with them. I and, and also maybe to to like to like get him to actually go into the room, right? But well, I, I understand that's why he'd have the hologram at all. Just I don't understand. Well, yeah, because well, but it like moved into the room, and so they had to go. They were like following it or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't I know. Guess it, was, it, it was, did get their attention away from the door. It was a weird thing. <laughs> oh, oh, you have the Wikipedia entry. Uh, scroll to the bottom yeah. and read how, what the Empire said about how she died, because those are always interesting. Um, uh, so, okay. so Dwight and I will talk in the meantime. Sure. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dwight, what, what did you think of, uh, oh, so, so we've, we've been complaining about, uh, Kanan not training. We actually saw Kanan train, uh, yep. the, uh, Ezra. what did you, what did you think of that scene? It was an iconic, here's a lightsaber. Let's see how, what you can do. But without that drone, yeah, we got, without, yeah, without the remote. We got yeah. we got chopper throwing tums bottles at yeah. him. <laughs> I was I I did not understand. Like they had like a and he had like a box of them. Like yeah, maybe it's a crate that he, they stole to sell, but no one really needs. <laughs> no, one, no one has no one has heartburn in the in the in space. Maybe they don't have a, as Carrie Fisher or George Lucas told Carrie Fisher, there is no underwear in space, um, and. Uh, and apparently, there's also no heartburn. Yep. Although I think Carrie Tw- Fisher recently tweeted that now there is underwear in space in episode seven. So good to know. Yes, hopefully. Um, did you find it? Uh, I, I found what I think you're talking about. You you were mentioning uh, the Empire. So the Emp- 
When the Galactic Empire emerged, efforts were made to cover up the actual reasons of Unduli's death to boost up anti-Jedi propaganda. These official records, compiled by Sate Pistage, stated that Master Unduli was executed after she was discovered to be the leader of a conspiracy that plotted to overthrow the Republic. The actual reasons were never made public, but only the newly crowned Emperor knew of Unduli's true reasons for her death. Is that hmm. what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, sometimes they're sometimes they're more specific. Uh, like they'll they'll be like you know he was a, bringing a, you know destroyed a shipment of a, wheelchairs for handicapped people. Oh, and, okay. I wasn't sure if you, you know. if you knew something or something cool for her, or if there's just a general category I, for Jedi. I knew. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of those like minor Jedi. They got killed in Order sixty six. Some propaganda there's, going. There's out. a prop. There's propaganda that's established about them. I don't know. I don't know what source material that that's from, but um, but there is about a lot of them. So, but yeah, it's just, yeah, that seems that seems kind of minor. Like, or maybe she would have. That would have like she was a. Like I was thinking, it would say say something about like the Wookies. Like she was in league with the Wookies to join the Confederacy or something. Well, apparently that that uh, reference is actually to a Star Wars Insider article. Okay, so there probably was yeah. So there probably so, was a Star yeah. Wars Insider article that uh, that that talked about lots of different Jedi. Like right after or either right after Order sixty six came out, or they or they maybe they did for a while spotlights on Jedi well, or something. Maybe like a that. new Jedi. What the ga- uh, the Empire said af- about one Jedi once right. an issue or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, um, So, what do you think of the adjustable lightsaber? <laughs> well, my only thing about that is, I, I mean, this is won- it seems wonky, um, but uh, my my the, the thing, I, the only thing I, I and I told I said Nick when we were watching this, it must have been like some sort of training, like his lightsaber must have been like a training lightsaber or something, not one that he built for himself. Because assumingly, if you built a lightsaber for yourself, it, you wouldn't need to adjust it. It would be, you know, it wouldn't need a knob on the side to, to adjust length. Right. Or even if he built it himself, he could adjust it manually, like, as he got older. Because, I mean, he did escape when he was a kid. Right, right, right. But yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he had adjusted it himself because he mm. wouldn't need to make it go back down ever again. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You would, you would, it, it seems like a, it seems like kind of a weird thing for Although a lightsaber it, to have. It's not that we haven't seen these kinds of lightsabers before. Corn Horn had his. That, that was work. adjustable length. Yeah, that that has a well, tendency Korn, to short circuit because Corn also Corn Horn's lightsaber was like it went from being three feet to six feet. It was either three feet or six feet. Right. It was just, it was a trick. Used it both, wasn't, yeah. Based on whether you used it wasn't both, super uh, adjustable. Um, which you know whatever the rules of lightsabers is, you know. You you might even you might even be able it might be a simple thing to do even like like just adjust the way that it's focused the way that the crystals right I imagine I imagine making the uh, the variable adjustment one would be significantly more difficult than making one that just toggles from one setting to another. See, I was thinking I was thinking that either one would not be that hard because you would just you you would have like a a thing that. Or, yeah, or, or, you're just moving the lens to well, make the lens. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's like you would you would move the. This it's, is this is a Star Wars science, so it's yeah, it's totally. I, my it, thing is, you would, you would probably move either you would move the lens or you would cover up part of the crystal, uh, like sort of depending on how much, you know, how much energy is produced, and then you, it could be uh, shorter. Like it would be like designed to be a you know four foot long blade, right? But you could cut it down to three foot six inches or three foot or something like that. 
just by sort of covering up part of it, and then there'd be like a minor shift as opposed to like having to have it be use two separate crystals. Like you're just powered by this crystal and then you're powered by both crystals. That seems like it. But also both of those seem almost unnecessary. Right. The, the, the powered by two crystals thing does seem really complicated, but I don't know if we're talking just focal lengths, I think it might be easier to build just one that toggles. I don't know. I'm not actually that familiar with how the lightsabers work. I've never delved into those technical books yeah. or anything like I mean, that. And we also see the boomerang lightsaber. The Inquisitor's <laughs> lightsaber is worth talking about. It appears that his lightsaber works via like, automation, so some sort of robotic spinny thing. We, we had a debate earlier whether it was moved with his mind yeah. or through the the robotic motion, but it seems like it would take a lot of unnecessary focus for him to make it spin on uh-huh. his own. Yeah. And he also like is walking down the hall while it's spinning and it's sort of like, you know, he just hasn't gotten around to turning it off yet. So it's pretty clear that it's, it's automated. Right. It's like somebody saw a picture of Grievous just spinning those lightsabers around and like, well, you know, this is a good idea. Let's, yeah. let's make one of those. Yeah. Probably Darth Vader. You know, he liked, uh, tinkering with things. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, I w- had a thing I wanted to say, but I forgot now. Um, oh, oh, so, uh, so there was a blatant contradiction with, uh, with the legends. That's very important to the entire star Wars saga. Uh, they recognized, he recognized, uh, Kanan's lightsaber technique as being the same as Diva Balaba because he was using, uh, form three when everyone knows that she that she actually used form seven or oh, crap was it form seven or form six I know I said form seven earlier but now that's gonna I have to double check that well you've always told me it was form seven and I, I have I, always said form seven I'm pretty sure you've always said it was form seven but I'm not actually sure to be fair he said the inquisitor yeah, it's, it's said Bob, Bob specifically Hod, yeah. that she favored form three mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily mean she doesn't also know these other forms. Yeah. It could just be that that's always kind of her default go-to form. Did you say Mace Windu also knows Form 7? Mace Windu created Form 7. Created Form 7. So, for people who don't know what Form 7 is, Kendall, do you happen to remember it's what, forms, or what, crazy. what Form 3 is? Sorry, what Form <clears throat> well, 3 well, he mentioned He mentioned Form 3 as being uh, good for close combat, which I don't know if that's, if that's re- relevant for... Um, for uh, for for stuff, but they form seven is Vapod, which is uh, which is like a super. It's like a super dangerous form of lightsaber combat that that uh, Mace Windu created and and taught uh, taught Deepa Balaba in the uh, or well, he created it and it's and it's referenced heavily in the uh, the Shatterpoint uh, book. Right. Well, from what I understand about lightsaber combat, or at least how it's been described, how you think about the different forms is that there's there's basically rings of control. So there's your outer ring, your your middle ring, and your inner ring. So form three would emphasize defense, but only in the inner ring. So if if that doesn't work, you've got nothing and you're dead. So basically it gives you, I don't know, I suppose you'd have a little more time to react, but at the same time if you mess up, you're screwed. Okay. 
Also, oh, and also, um, okay, it's called Soresu on Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, also known as the Way of the Minoc. The resilience form. Uh, and recognized... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's developed during the widespread emergence of blasters as an offensive weapon. As opposed to what? Um, it's a built... It built it's Projectile built weapons, of, probably? I don't know. I, I, I guess it's opposed... Like, are blasters really defensive weapons? Um, Perhaps they were shorter ranged. They may have uh, gotten some sort of uh, better tech to encapsulate them. The blaster gas or whatever. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It was. It sounds like it's. It sounds like it's more of a. It's a. It's more of a form. It's basically. It's. It's more of a form for Jedi to use. Um, not when it's Jedi versus Jedi. It's. Uh, it's Jedi versus blasters. I'm sort of skimming the the uh, Wikipedia entry, and uh, right. and it keeps mentioning blasters and that it's a build off of. Um, the form one uh, blaster deflect training, so it's like you know, the interesting. Way of the so that's that's it. That's interesting, I guess. Uh, I I I don't really care. I don't really care that to know that much about the individual forms, but I do like that they exist. Okay. Um, and and I and I also I like the story of the Deepa Balaba and Maze Windu are the only two people that know Form Seven. You know, it would have been it would have been interesting if if he used Form Seven. But also, yeah, I mean, she favored Form Three. Maybe Form Three was like really unpopular, and like obviously she's not going to use Form Seven. But if she didn't use Form Seven, she'd use Form Three. Or maybe she started using Form Three, um. Because at the end of Shatterpoint, supposedly I haven't actually finished the book, but supposedly she like goes crazy and into a coma. Maybe when she woke up from her coma, she stopped using Vapod and started using Form Three. I don't know. Well, honestly, I don't know. It's, it's seem- really this is really important to the overall saga. It it's, seems like <laughs> if you had a form that was particularly good against blaster fire, since that's what you're encountering probably ninety nine percent of the time, that would be what you probably want to emphasize. I don't know. I don't know. Or may, uh, unless unless you're just like unless uh, unless you are cuz cuz this is another philosophy of Jedi of certain Jedi's like uh, George Sabath like you're like I'm so much better than anyone who's not a Jedi. Obviously I'm going to be able to like the first thing they no, do is okay. teach me how to deflect blaster bolts. You know, obviously I can deflect blaster bolts. That's easy. I can I can deflect blaster bolts with my hand if I want to. I can just absorb the, you know, just absorb <laughs> the energy. Like, can you deflect cares? Can you f- deflect rocks that are pulled out of nowhere by Kanan? <laughs> yeah, so the last scene of the, the last scene of if anyone notices, uh, Kanan picks up one rock and throw. Or I, it, I thought it was the, I thought it was the Tums bottle that had fallen on the ground. He does. Ha- he, I think the first thing he throws is the Tums bottle, and then he picks up a rock. Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't recall exactly, but I know that he only picks up one thing. And that, but then yeah, but then he just keeps throwing stuff. Like seemingly out of nowhere, and it looks—it almost looks like a, like a father-son, like they're like they're, like they're he's playing, playing baseball. Catch, yeah, it's yeah, like, that, that's yeah. what I got from. That's the vibe moment. I got. Except one of them has a laser sword that could cut anybody in half. So mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it just seems—it seems—it does seem odd that they're using that they're using physical projectiles to practice with the with the lightsaber and not a remote. Like this is only five years before. A New Hope. 
you'd think and and some you know you'd think you could buy a remote somewhere. Yeah. I mean, if Han Solo has one, yeah. Why does Han Solo randomly happen to have one in his cargo bay? Yeah. And I mean, I think I think one of the explanations was that like the the remotes are actually designed for um for like target practice. Like you shoot at the remote. Okay. And that um, could make sense. And I've certainly played lots of video games where I have to shoot at remotes. Because, uh, but it's not. Uh, it, but then Jedi's obviously use it for other things. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't as smart as uh, Han Solo. Perhaps not. Um, so what else happened? Did anything else happen in the episode except for the weird bonding thing that I didn't pay attention to? Mm-hmm. Um, their their little shuttle got uh, humped a couple times. Right. Oh, and I guess we <laughs> we saw the shuttle, which I can't remember what it's called now. The shuttle from the ghost. I don't think. Did they say it? I don't think they said the name. They didn't of the say it in the episode because I haven't heard of it. Until, it's a, it's I didn't even got know it was a, a thing. I know it's the, got a name until they split off. Yeah, I love only, that they have a smaller ship. I, I only that that knew it from the Lego set. Yeah. And I love the ship's design too. It it, it goes back a little bit more to the the unfolding of the Lambda shuttles and. Well, when I saw the opening shot on this episode. It kind of reminded me of the Millennium Falcon, like the the side of it. It's called the Phantom. The Ghost in the Phantom, okay. That works. Yeah, so... That is what it's called. Um, and right. yeah, I, yeah, I liked, I liked the, I liked the design, I definitely did. Um, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, also kind of looks a little bit like a gunship. Yeah, it, yeah, it looks very Star Warsy. Um, like I'm, I'm so back and forth on the ghost because I feel like the like just the regular design of the ghost itself is kind of lame, but I'm just like it's growing on me so much. <laughs> like I just sort of think it looks like kind of like a blob, but yeah, it's not my favorite design, but it it definitely sort of has its own character to it, mm-hmm. so. I'm sure I won't hate it by the end of the first season. And it's not... I mean, it is nice that it's... It's slightly different from any other shit. Like, it's not like... It doesn't look like just a random... Right. They didn't give us like, just another Corellian Corvette precursor or yeah, something Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't that, and it wasn't it's obviously like a something Naboo different. ship. Like, right. a lot of the ships it's from unique. the prequel trilogy, um, you see, like, the Naboo-iness. They have the... The, the, the smooth lines and the reflective yeah. surfaces, yeah. And those weird uh, pointed engine nacelles. Hmm. I never really cared for those. I mean, I like the I like the look and I like the design. I just, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad to see something that's yeah. something that I, when I see that ship, I know that's that ship. Right. It looks it looks more functional than any Naboo ship probably ever could. Mm. Yep. Function over form. This is the Empire. So, final thoughts, Kendall. Final thoughts. Um, Dwight's calling it. I may have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this episode is going to be short. Um, I may have to rewatch the episode because I spent too much time uh, reading up about uh, Vet. What's her name? What's her Luminar. name, Kendall? You spent a long time looking <laughs> this person up. I, I keep thinking her name's Vistara, but it's not Vistara, right? Luminara Unduli. Luminara. Okay. Unduli. Yeah. Which just sounds a very Star Wars. I remembered it, Kendall. 
Okay, well, yeah, I may have to rewatch the episode. Oh, man. Um, Dwight knows something about Star Wars Kendall doesn't know. <laughs> oh, man. For five minutes. For five minutes. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Um, and uh, won't be before the next episode, but uh, in, in a week and a half, Tarkin comes out. So I, that is the Star Wars thing that I'm looking forward to right now. Uh, also, oh, also, uh, I just want to say that I'm kind of frustrated with Star Wars Insider because two months in a row, their exclusive fiction was an excerpt from an upcoming novel, which annoys the crap out of me. Because the best thing about the the best thing about the Star Wars Insider is reading the the short story, right? Getting something that no one else will ever see because they don't read Star Wars Insider, yeah. right? And I mean, a lot of times, a lot of times they do get re- the stories do get reprinted in the paperback version of books and stuff like that. But but it's it's like it's really frustrating, especially especially if it's I don't care if no one else will ever see it. I just want it to be something that I am not already going to be purchasing. Ah, okay, I see. Because <laughs> I'm already because I'm already purchasing. So it's like the back of a comic book when it includes the first couple pages of the next issue. It, well, yeah, it, except for if if um, if you were expecting a backup story, right? So you're just upset <laughs> that the two super cool things you were supposed to be getting is only actually one super cool thing. Except for that, that's the main reason that I'm buying the. Well, I guess that would be because most of the articles are kind of fluff. Like this was this. I thought I was going to get some cool inside information about Star Wars Rebels in this issue, and I read all the interviews, and they were like, "I like Star Wars." Apparently, guess what? Steve Bloom's favorite Star Wars movie is Empire Strikes Back: A New Hope. Guess what? His favorite moment in Star Wars is when Luke blows up the Death Star. Oh God. I mean, you could tell, and you know how you can sometimes tell when you read people's, uh, when you read interviews with people that they are, aren't that big a fan of the thing? Like, you could tell he wasn't really that big of a star. I mean, if you're watching it the first time, I suppose it is a huge emotional moment to the piece, but it's not really... But there's so much cool. more that are cool. that's cooler. Right. I don't know. I mean, I... I Regardless of whether that's the the best moment in the, that's what he considers it, and that's fine. It's it's fine. It's it's Disclaimer. more like it's more like it's pretty. It's he maybe he didn't see all the prequels. Maybe he didn't see the other two movies. Right. Maybe he only saw Star Wars. You know, and that's the only thing that <laughs> that's he can the come only to Star mind. Wars thing that he's ever seen. It's not that that's his favorite part. He just can't remember the. He rest just can't of it. remember the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what that's sort of what I got for that. Like it's and, it, and it's and it's not any huge insight into Zeb's character. That the voice actor liked uh, a new hope. Yeah, that's he did not... say that he will consider watching the show. Is that, oh, uh, Steve yay! Did Excellent. Say that. So, um, and and there was like there was an interview with Dave Filoni that was that was just all fluff and um, and then there was a who bunch does of... Dave Filoni voice? Since I'm not familiar with that, Dave Filoni. Yes, he doesn't voice anybody. He's the uh, he's the everything of the show. He's the he's either the executive producer or the director. Oh, well. Like he's okay, the guy sure. that, like when you talk about when you talk about the and he also worked he also was the same thing on Clone Wars. When you talk about the Clone Wars, you talk about the Gendy series or the Filoni series. Like he's the okay he's the he's the mastermind. He's the George Lucas of of this. He's the important person. All right, I'm gonna shy away from any comments about George mm-hmm. Lucas. And well, that's that's actually that's <laughs> I mean I a lot of people I, I mean that's. The good uh, there's there it has been suggested not by me but by other people that many of the good things about Clone Wars are because of 
are because of Filoni, and many of the weak aspects of Clone Wars are because of George Lucas. Okay, because there's some like okay there's like some weak there's some like weird one off episodes, droids episodes, and and stuff that are clearly like potentially called down from the top. That yeah, this and, had to and very separate from the separate from the overall tone of the series. Anyway, um, and George Lucas isn't involved in Rebels, so right. that's probably why it's been that's probably Excellent. part of the reason why it's been so consistent. So, um, what are you looking forward to about next week's episode? It's called Breaking Ranks. And the rebels are going to send Ezra on an undercover mission to the Imperial Academy. I'm I'm looking forward to we're Ezra going to the meeting. Imperial Academy. Yes, we I'm are. I'm looking forward to Ezra meeting Han Solo and and Lando Calrissian. I am super excited to see the Imperial Academy. I really am. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing some Tie Fighters. There will be some Tie Fighters. <laughs> Every episode is going to have a Tie Fighter, and it seems like I'm wondering. I'm wondering if. So would there be tie? Because I'm I'm thinking like all we're seeing are tie fighters. Would there be tie bombers and uh, there wouldn't be interceptors, but there would be like I'm I'd like right. to see some other models of ties. Um, but I don't know when they no interceptors. Those are definitely later. Yeah, because um, they're designed to fight X wings. Right. The only things I could think of are potentially, yeah, your your stock tie tie fighter, potentially tie bombers, just because that's a really useful role that I don't know why you'd mm-hmm. ever not have one of those. Yeah. And maybe a Thai scout. Yeah, or maybe a. You also might see like the Inquisitor or somebody re- flying a, a Thai advance. No, because Thai advance are way later. Well, except for uh, Darth Vader has one. When does he have one? I don't. At, uh, in the first Death Star. Oh, Thai advanced. Okay, I was thinking. Um... Defenders? Yeah, I was thinking of Defenders yeah. with the three wings. Don't even worry about it, Dwight. Maybe uh, they'll have an XJ. I'd like to see an XJ or a Stealth X no, show up. No, <laughs> I'd like to see. I'd like to see a Coral Skipper. I would like to see a Coral Skipper. <laughs> they technically exist. <laughs> well, I mean... Just not in this galaxy right now? Right. Uh, or, or maybe they do. Maybe they are in the galaxy. Those books got, don't exist. So there is that one planet that just has coral skippers on it. Oh, um, Z- Zanama Sekot. Yeah, yeah. The the planet that. Well, those aren't corals. Those are other things. Oh, because that's yeah. it's it's another another plant based uh, ship. That's yeah, right. yeah. It's it's it grows ships on its because the planet is alive and weird stuff. Um. Dwight, you know exactly what we're talking about, right? No, I mean I'm I, I like it. I I just reminds me of a lot of the Independence Day books where I read where they the they grew their ships. They're, Wait a second. They're Independence Day books? Yes. That's kind of awesome, I guess. Oh, what is that? Oh it's Kendall a... Kendall is handing a comic book off. <laughs> Star Wars Invasion Book One Refugees has just been handed to Dwight. <laughs> it's it's uh the the com- it's a it's a comic story that takes place during the Yuzang Bong invasion. Hmm. Oh, perfect! Yeah. Sweet. I, I kind of want to. I got there. homework. I've heard it's. I've heard it. Or, I mean, I've, that issue that that uh, that the, that volume is pretty good. I've heard that the the entire it's like several volumes long. I only read the first one, but I always like the Star Wars comics because you get to see the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to see more pictures of the Yuzang Bong. Doing yeah. their thing. All right, <laughs> all, all right. right. Now, so those are my final thoughts. 
Dwight, final thoughts. Um, I, on the episode, stay on, on topic episode. like me. All right, I will. I will try my best. I really enjoyed how we saw the mission play out and everything, and how even though it was unsuccessful, they still escaped. You know, no all, harm. All our characters didn't die. <laughs> yep. When you were calling for Ezra's death in the opening scene, <laughs> Nick, that been funny. what are your thoughts? My thoughts? I don't know. I'm just not. I. I it was a decent episode. It just. I don't know. We've had a number of great, pretty great episodes, and I just think this one, not really through any fault of its own, it just the tone wasn't quite as up there as right. I was expecting. Well, I think, and like I said earlier, I think it's, I think it's, um, it's a, it's an episode that's just in the middle of things. Like it's just moving the plot along. So it wasn't a beginning. It wasn't an end. Um, it had some of the stuff we were calling for. It had training. It had Inquisitor. You know, it had other. It had a character from the movies sort of show up, you know. Like, it had stuff we were calling for. Oh, oh, that's what we forgot to talk about. Um, the uh, Darth Vader scene at the beginning of Sparker Rebellion. We watched it. Um, yes, we did. Yeah. It was okay. Was I it guess. cool to see? Was it cool? Was it cool to hear James Earl Jones' voice? Yeah. It's always cool to hear James Earl Jones' voice. I mean, yeah. It it wasn't anything particularly groundbreaking. It was kind of cool to see. Their version of Vader. The helmet proportions were a little different than I remember. Yeah. He, he seemed a little leaner, a little yeah. sleeker. Might have been, might have been uh, stylized. A st- oh, definitely a stylistic um, thing. I thought it was just interesting how they I portrayed basically, him. Basically, I wish that that, had been, that that had been the closing scene at the, at the end uh, instead of the scene between uh, what's-his-name and, and the Inquisitor. Between and the Inquisitor. Yeah, I think it would have... Because Kendall only showed us the short clip. We didn't actually watch it the whole movie just to see that at the beginning. I I actually thought that that's where it was at first because that was the logical point. Yeah. I mean, they would have had to change it a little bit. They would have had to change change his monologue, his line a little bit. But I don't know. I also would have liked, like, they were like, this is going to be the scene with these people and we're going to get a inner workings of the, you know, a, a glimpse into the Inquisitor or something like that. And it was like, it didn't really... Didn't really get us anything, any new information or anything. Um, I mean, I, and I didn't really expect it to, but like it could have. And also, also, I not as I didn't go crazy over hearing James Earl Jones. It just, you know, I mean, it showed that the Imper- Imperials have a presence in the galaxy of now, now still. Yeah, I, I think I I think I got the sense that the Imperials had a presence in the galaxy uh, from watching the show. I, I mean, it was a you know maybe I you know I know the show is called Rebels, but see, it takes place during the Empire. Have you did you pick up that? Yes, Dwight. Okay, you All just right. kind of looked blank there, so I said something. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's I think that's enough. So we talked about stuff, uh, and now our episodes. Um, a little bit longer. Um, so until next time, keep rebelling. You don't need a cause.